Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to transform your whole life, all your life. We hope that you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Thanks for all your prayers. Uh, had a great time. Went to preach in a men's meeting in Johannesburg uh, last weekend. And um, yeah, it went really well. Interestingly, uh, Leah, where is she gone now? Oh, there you, oh, you were bent down. Could you not bend down when I want to talk to you? Um, no, but someone uh, gave me that scripture um, that you read out tonight and brought it to me as a prophetic word that they believed that that's something that, that God was saying to the church. That was quite a moment when uh, Leah shared that. The Spirit of God is on with something. He's, he's doing something amongst us, and that's, that's really, really exciting. I want to... Um, <clears throat> I want to come and share something on the basis of actually the time of being away. Because when you go away, it gives you opportunity to reflect, just see things from a different perspective, a different angle. And it gives me time just to, to think. And I was thinking a lot about this place. I mean, I was there and I was missing here because you guys are awesome. And I was missing being here. And I was just thinking, you know, God, the kind of stuff that you're doing um, and, and, where, and where we're at. Because I know, uh, I know that both naturally and spiritually, we're on the cusp of, of some new things here at Heart Church. And it's, it's, it's a time where we need to uh, just be thinking what the Lord is saying. And I found myself thinking about some things that are shared at Vision Sunday and the kind of people that, that, that Heart Church are. And, uh, and I wanted to just come and share something around that uh, under, the, under the title of Climbing to the Next Level um, because I believe that's what we're doing. And I just want to come and share some of those things around that, that around that thinking. Now, it, for those of you who uh, were at Vision Sunday, you may well remember this. Uh, and if you weren't, don't worry, because I'm going to read it now. But I, I just um, shared something on uh, that uh, day, which I really believed the, the, the Spirit of God was uh, saying to me. And it was about, you know, what, what is heart church? And this is what I wrote. We are heart church. And heart church people are involved, invest, invite and include. Believing for souls saved every service. Heart church people believe for miracles because God is a miracle working God. We are not just a church. We are a move of God. When you come to Heart Church, you'll meet some of the most passionate, brave, sacrificial, creative, adventurous people on the planet. They are the messed up and the broken, the lost and the lonely, the down and the out, the depressed and the disappointed who've had a Jesus encounter and Jesus has changed everything. Heart Church people are family. They build great marriages, 
families and homes that influence community. They build businesses and write songs, paint pictures and make films, become teachers and doctors and open shops and restaurants and stack shelves and take cities and run clubs. We are Mrs. Average and the man in the street, the girl next door, and Joe Bloggs. We are the Smiths and the Joneses, the Akpovis and the Alawalis. We are the mix and match from the ups and downs. The ordinary and the unremarkable who have met an extraordinary and remarkable God. We face setbacks and put downs with get-ups and push-through. Face the facts but believe God. And so in Him, the fearful become the fearless, the worriers become the warriors, the overwhelmed, the overcomers. We are the game changers and the world changers. We are Heart Church. And I believe that. I believe that. Because if that is to become true, we are utterly dependent on the Spirit of God to do that in us and to do that through us. Excuse me. So I was tying that in to what I believe this new season is going to bring to us. And I want to talk about some other groups of people that I think are important in regard to where we are as a house as we step into our next level. And I'm going to talk to you for just these few minutes that are mine about the sycamore tree climbers, the upper room finders, the boundary line rediminers, the encouraging minders, and the mountainside fighters. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about. And I suppose some of you might have guessed when I'm talking about the sycamore tree climbers, I'm talking about someone called Zacchaeus. And Luke talks to us about him in chapter 19 of the Gospel of Luke, where the Bible says that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. I, uh, I know that uh, T.O. already heard something about Zacchaeus on Friday by Pastor Tony Akpovi. Yeah sharing the word, where is he? They're hiding at the back now. But uh, we were talking about this uh, on our way back from Heathrow on Friday. But I want to say that what I love about Zacchaeus is that he was a man who'd heard some things about Jesus and was intrigued enough to position himself to find out more. And uh, I believe that these kind of people are really important in the life of our house. We must always run church and run our service in a way that the intrigued can come and sit amongst us and position themselves to to find out something more of the Jesus they have heard about. And you know, the thing is, there's much in life to make us cynical. 
There was much in Zacchaeus' life to make him cynical. But, but what, what I love about him was that he proves that there, there are things that can be overcome. He was, he was short and the, cloud, the crowd was in the way. So he was also a possibility thinker. He, he was so intrigued about Jesus that, that he, he made a way, he found a way to position himself and he, the Bible says he climbed a tree. And then of course, uh, you know, I love the fact that Jesus knew who he was and knew where he was. I know he knew where he was because he, the Bible says that when he came to the spot, he stopped. No one asked him to stop. He just stopped and he looked up into the tree and he called Zacchaeus. He knew his name. So he knew where he was and he knows, he knew who he was. I want to say to you today that if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, if, you, if you're just here today because you're intrigued, you've heard a few things, you're not sure, but you're just checking us out. Firstly, that's cool. You're absolutely welcome. That's what Zacchaeus did. But, but you need to understand that Jesus knows who you are and, and He knows where you are. And, and he wants to provide a safe space for you. But intriguingly, Zacchaeus climbed up to see Jesus, but he had to climb down to meet Jesus. You see, sometimes it's okay to climb up to see, but we may have to climb down from some of our preconceived ideas, from some of our prejudices, from some of our issues. We have to climb down from those things to meet with Jesus. We've got to humble ourselves, admit that we haven't got it all together, admit our need of Him, and Jesus will meet with us. But it is a safe space because Jesus is wonderful. So we, we want to be the kind of church that has the, the sycamore tree climbers. We also want to be the church that has the upper room finders. And we can, we can find that in, 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 in Acts chapter one. The upper room was a, a, a room that Jesus actually asked the disciples to, to, to go and find. And, and they, they had their last supper there. And then when Jesus had died and resurrected, um, they, they, they uh, gathered in that place, not really sure what to do with the future. But there in the upper room, God gave them an encounter which took them to the next level. So we need people who are here who are intrigued, but we want to be a kind of place for people who are looking to go to the next level in God. Now we know uh, when we read that the Holy Spirit came and filled them and changed their lives. It, it, it turned ordinary fishermen like Peter into someone who could preach and see thousands come into the kingdom. That is the kind of power that the Holy Spirit will bring into our lives. And we believe in being a Spirit-filled people. It's not just a once-off encounter. It is something that we need consistently and continually to be being filled because we know that it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. If we're going to do anything of what I'm going to talk to you about in a few moments, it's nothing to do with how clever we are, how talented we are. That plays its part, but it cannot do the job. It is only by His Spirit and through His Spirit. So we need people who are intrigued about Jesus, but we also need people who are determined to find Him, meet with Him, encounter Him on a whole new level. And that is awesome. 
Then we have the, the boundary line redefiners. What do I mean by that? Well, Genesis 49 verse 22 says that Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. Joseph's branches climbed over the wall. You also read in Psalm 18 that David said, with my God, I can scale a wall. And what I love about this is that that heart church people are going to be determined that the things that have contained us will contain us no longer. The things that have confined us and defined us will confine us and define us no longer. You see, sometimes God will take a wall down. If you know the account of the walls of Jericho, every now and again, God will do an incredible miracle. The people shouted, the walls came down in an instant. But then at other times, God will cause His people to scale a wall or cause their branches to go over the wall, just like the wall isn't there. God, what, what God is saying to us is that, that we look at the wall and we think that we're restricted by it. But we need to understand that in Him and through Him, those walls cannot and will not restrict us. And that's what I've come again to say again today, to prophesy again today, that these Walls will no longer confine or restrict us. We are grateful for those who've gone before, whose faith built this, whose sacrifice built this place. We have been sheltered in it for decades. We are grateful for it. And we are so grateful that if the faith of a generation has given us a place to find God and to meet with Him. But it's our turn now. And we need to rise up and provide a place for the next generation. Because what a sad indictment it would be if this was it. At one time, this was a good thing. It was a great thing. It was a big thing. It is not any longer. These walls will not define us because God has called us to be a people who believe beyond our boundaries. In fact, He's wanting us to understand that what would seem like a boundary is not a boundary at all because our branches can go over those walls. God is looking for us to live a life beyond the ordinary. He's looking for us to know that there is a cause and for us to want to live for that cause. He wants us to understand that there are no boundaries and restrictions and that in Him and through Him, we can go to Carlisle, Newcastle, Sheffield, Salford, Stoke-on-Trent, Lancaster, Leeds, Liverpool, Preston, York. We can go to 10 cities north of us. Why? Because it is through Him and through His Spirit. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. But God is not giving us something that we can manage. He's not giving us something to make us look good. He's giving us something that will bring glory to Him. Because people will look at us and say, how did they do that? It doesn't make sense. 
It's not supposed to make sense because it is only through God and through His Spirit. God is looking for a people who understands the sign of the times. I don't know. I don't know why I'm carrying what I'm carrying. I just know that, that we, are, we are in our nation at this time, for such a time as this. There has been a great unsettling across this land. The stuff that has happened even in our recent history has been incredibly unsettling. People know that politics are not the answer. There is insecurity rife amongst us. And, and, and I believe that God is not, you know what? I, call me crazy if you want to, but I just think we're way past, way past the days of just having a great church. Nothing wrong with great churches. We need great churches, but we need something more. We need an army that's going to invade this land with hope. And, and, and that army is, is where you are. It's, 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 it's going to cause the hope to invade your family home and, and, and invade your office and invade your classroom and, and invade your lecture hall and invade the factory floor. God is recruiting God is recruiting for an army that is going to influence a nation because more than probably ever before, we are at a time where, where people need to hear that God is real and that He can move and change people's lives. There is a crisis. There is a crisis in the land, but we have an incredible, powerful message of hope that is not based on theory. It's based on fact. It's based on the reality that God has changed my life and God has changed your life. And I was lost and I was afraid and I was blind, but God has set me free. He's turned my life around. He's given me hope. He's given me freedom. He's given me miracle after miracle. How can we keep this to ourselves in a time of desperation? We're climbing to the next level. And then there's the account of, of Jonathan and, and, and the armor bearer in, in 1 Samuel 14. And, and it's quite an amazing story because Jonathan had a father who was king and, and Saul uh, was, was paralyzed by fear and, and, and overwhelmed, not unreasonably, by the enormity of the Philistine army. And there were about 600 men, the Bible says, sat under a pomegranate tree. And they, 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 they didn't know what to do. They knew they should do something. They knew they were supposed to do something, but they were overwhelmed by the enormity of the task. But there was something inside of Jonathan that stirred and said, who can hinder the Lord? from saving by many or by few. There was just something inside of Jonathan that says, I know it's crazy. I know it's overwhelming. I know it's difficult, but you know what? We've got to do something. We can't just sit here and do nothing. And the first thing that Jonathan did was go and commission an armour bearer. I'm calling him an encouraging minder. He went to get an armour bearer, someone who was going to say, you know what? I'm with you. This is the craziest idea I've ever heard, but I am with you heart and soul. And, 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 and you know what? I believe 
that we need to understand that at this time in the life of our church, God is raising up armour bearers, encouraging minders. The armour bearer, the Bible says, climbed right behind him. You see, we need the Jonathans who are going to rise up and lead, but we need the encouraging minders who are going to step up and climb behind. We need people who, who understand that they need to get in somebody's slipstream. Climbing to the next level for some people here is about, it's about getting behind something and it's about getting behind someone. And when you get behind something and you get behind someone, God is going to position you for a breakthrough that you ordinarily would not be able to achieve on your own. You've got to position yourself because the reality is this, that the armour bearer, the encouraging minders, alignment to the anointing had a powerful influence on his story. I want to tell you today that your alignment to the anointing will have a powerful influence on your story. You see, we, 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 we just know that there was something in this relationship. There was something in this alignment. Let me ask you a question. Do your relationships spur you on to greater things? Do your relationships call out the best from you? Or do your relationships keep you where you are? Do they keep you the same? I've said, if I've said it once, I've said it hundreds of times, your best friend is not the person you've known the longest. Your best friend is the person who calls the best out of you. That is your best friend. And we, we need to understand that we, you know, I don't know what it is. There are some people, you know, you can spend time with them and we might actually call them a friend. But, you know, the, the reality is, if we were really honest, we just don't. We don't feel that good about ourselves. We, we don't feel like we can be ourselves when we're around them. But we're around them because we've been around them for a long time and we've hung out for a long time and we've got a lot of history. But the truth is, I just feel dampened and, 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 and I feel like my wings are clipped when I'm around them. And yet, yet there are some other people. And I can't explain it, but you get in their presence, you get around them. And I don't know, it just feels like you can take the world. It feels like, so you only have to be in their presence for a few minutes and you might not even know them that well, but somehow you just feel you can, I can. You feel, you feel like you can succeed. You feel like you can make it. What I want to say to us, maybe we need a few more of those relationships in our lives that help us and encourage us to be all that God wants us to be. You know, I want to, I want to say that the encouraging minder became a mountainside fighter because of his decision to walk with Jonathan. And generations of people and preachers have celebrated his bravery. They've celebrated his commitment and his faithfulness. They've preached about it thousands of times. But you know what? The one thing about the armor bearer is we never find out his name. We never know his name. And I, I want to say that, you know, I, I think 
The, the, the same God who is so specific about letting us know that, 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 Zac, that Jesus stopped exactly at the point where Zacchaeus was and knew his name. He like knows that kind of detail. I think that God includes detail for a reason and he also leaves out detail for a reason. Because it wasn't that God didn't know his name, but, but God was, this was a shout out for all the armor bearers. All those nameless people, all the people in this house who give thousands of hours, thousands of volunteer hours. And, and, and not everybody may know your name, but this church is where it is because of your sacrifice and your talent and your faithfulness. And I celebrate you. I applaud you. I say thank you for everything that you contribute to see God's kingdom come. And I wanna say, you know what? We need more. We need to see more. We, we're for where we're going, we need to see more encouraging minders stepping up to the plate because the next season requires it. You see, the next level isn't coming to us. We're going after it. We must understand that about Jonathan, that it's not just about the fact that we can sit here and pray a couple of prayers and just believe it's all gonna come to us. It's not like that. We, we have to go after it. We have to go forward for it. We, we understand that we've gotta, we've gotta claim what God is seeking to give us. Now we understand, and this account of Jonathan proves it, that sure, the enemy was waiting on the next level. And, and, and some of us, are fearful and inhibited by that, Saul most certainly was. The enemy is always gonna wait on the next level. Another level, another devil. Why? Because the enemy wants to stop you. He wants to limit you. He wants to hold you back. He wants to restrict you. He wants to keep you small. He wants you to keep, he wants to, you keep believing that, uh, that you remain in a place of perceived safety. And we can so focus on the fact that on the next level is where the enemy is. And sure enough, we need to be prayerfully aware. But we also need to remind ourselves that on the next level is the next level of breakthrough. It's the next level of seeing God do something that we have never seen Him do before. And all God requires us to do is to obey and to climb. All God requires us to do is to keep going and keep moving forward. In this season, we need some people who know how to advance against the enemy. We need some warrior women and some warrior men who know how to rise up and take their stand in the things of the Spirit. We need some people who know how to pray. We need some people who really know how to praise. Oh, I'm not just talking about singing a few songs. I'm not just talking about hopping on the spot. I'm talking about some people People who really know how to take hold of their thought life and just focus on the things of God and see Him do something powerful in our times of praise and of worship. I was reading about this man, Benaiah, in First Chronicles. Uh, and, and the Bible says that he was a valiant fighter who performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also, watch this, he went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down an Egyptian who was five cubits tall. 
although the Egyptian had a spear like a weaver's rod in his hand. Benaiah went against him with a club and he snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehida. He too was as famous as the three mighty warriors. He was held in greater honour than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. You see, I don't know, there's just something about Benaiah. The Bible says he didn't fall into a pit with a lion, he climbed in. Benaiah, you off your head. What are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, if a, a lion is trapped in a pit, he's angry. We're talking about an angry lion. I, you know, I want to remind, I just want to remind us something. It was a snowy day. It was a cold day. It was a chilling Netflix day. It was curl up with a blanket, a cup of coffee or a cup of hot chocolate by the fire day. But, but we, need, we need some men and we need some women who are prepared in spite of it being a day that I just don't feel like it. I'm going to rise up because there are some things that are more powerful and more important. This is worth giving my life to. I don't know. It's just, there's just something about Benaiah's spirit that, you know, most of us would be saying there's a, there's a lion in the pit. But there was, there was something about Benaiah that says, show me the lion. Where? What? Okay, just let me climb down here and sort this lion. We need some people who know how to sort out some lions in the spirit. We need some people who are not put off by uh, wanting to be comfortable and wanting things to be easy. And the other thing I find remarkable is that, you know, Benaiah, as amazing as he was, the Bible says, yeah, he was famous amongst the 30, but you know, he wasn't amongst the three. I mean, like this guy is incredible. He is exceptional. There's something about the caliber of Benaiah that I believe God wants us to understand because I think he wants to build a church where people like Benaiah are just part of the crowd. It's who we are, it's what we do. And you might know our name, you might not know our name, but that it's like we are, we are gathering people of that kind of caliber who are prepared to take off their jacket and climb into that pit on a snowy day and deal with every lion who would try and resist us in the name of Jesus. And it's not about being super cool or being super strong. It's just about being men and women of the Spirit. It's about being people who've had their lives utterly, powerfully, incredibly transformed by the power of Jesus. Because that's what I believe the Gospel does. It changes your whole life, all your life. And I understand that doesn't necessarily make this church an easy church to be part of because we're not just looking for a Jesus who props up your life and helps you get through. We're looking for a Jesus who transforms your life. And you may have been scared and you may have been lost and you, have been made lo you may have been lonely, but now because of Jesus, you're someone who'll take off your jacket and climb into a pit with a lion on a snowy day and deal with it for the kingdom of God. I just believe, I don't know, I believe even in this five o'clock service, we've got some Benayas, some men and some women. I don't know, can I hear you? Can I hear you? Can I hear you? I believe you're here. I believe you're here. I'm running out of time, but you know, Jonathan, the Bible says, climbed up with his hands and his feet. That, that 
is significant in that that normally when you are going towards the enemy, you would carry a weapon. But the terrain was as such that he could not. The terrain was so difficult, he could not carry a weapon in his hand. He needed both hands. And it made me think, what do you need to put down so you can climb up? What do you need to put down so you can climb up? Because there are some things we may have to lay down. It's a while ago now, but I preached a message, what this would I miss if I hold on to that? What this would I miss if I hold on to that? What do you need to let go of so you can take hold of something great in God? And the next level, it has an opportunity for fear and for faith. Sure, the enemy was waiting. And I'm sure that Jonathan and his armour bearer had to fight far harder than they ever imagined they'd have to. I think they just thought that if they were obedient, I mean, come on, it's already an incredible thing that, that just those two are climbing up against the Philistine army. But blow me down, they get to the top and God still makes them fight. God still makes them fight. You still gotta fight. Even when God's with you, even when He's for you, even when He's making a way for you, even when He's miraculously opening a way for you, you've still got to fight. And He'll give you the strength to fight, but you've got to fight. It's not about you sitting back with your arms folded and just watching God do it. He's going to use you. Turn to someone and say, He's going to use you. See, there's something about the climb. Something happens in the climb. When we climb up, we're building the muscle that is necessary, that is gonna sustain us on the next level. The climb is difficult, it is hard, but we are building the muscle that is necessary for us to take hold of the next level. I don't know, but I think there's kind of a tendency amongst Christians, and don't get me wrong, I really get it. You know, like, if we can just get through this, it'll be better. If we can just get through this, it will be easier. We kind, of, we kind of focus on, if we can just get over this rough patch, then we'll get to an easier patch. We're, we're just always waiting to get to the easier bit. And, and I just was thinking to myself, you know, maybe it's not about the it becoming easier, but us becoming stronger and us becoming more anointed and us becoming powerful. Maybe it's not our circumstances that are gonna improve. Maybe it's us that's gonna improve. Maybe God's gonna do something in us that makes us stronger. Because I believe that it's not just about my circumstances getting better. It's about me getting better, bigger and stronger. The next season requires people who are not looking for easier but who will grow bigger than their problems so they can solve them. God's, God's, God's looking for some people who will deal with the issue. He will deal with the issue. I, I, I don't know whether Benaiah prayed before he climbed into the pit. I know I would. I know I would. But you know what? There was just something in him. He had a confidence. He had a confidence that he was the man that could deal with this. I, I, it just comes upon me, Andy, to say this to you right now, that whatever, whatever you face, you are big enough 
to deal with it. You are already equipped. It's not going to get easier, but you are going to get bigger and stronger. God has been increasing you. You, the, the climb that you have experienced has been about building the muscle. It's not been easy. It's not been pleasant and it's been hard, but you need to know you now have the muscle and you have what it takes, not only for this level, but for the levels that are to come. And He's going to bring you through in Jesus' Name. And God is raising up men and women who know. They're saying, give me a city. They say, oh, that city's tough. Not tougher than me. Not bigger than me. Because I know who lives in me. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. I believe that we're raising up men and women who are not being influenced and controlled by their circumstances. But they know that greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can walk in. That's why we need some Christians who can walk into a city and see it turned upside down like they did in the New Testament. Oh, we've got cities full of churches right now and people barely know they're there. But I believe that God is raising up some men and women who are carrying the kind of anointing who is going to go into that office and turn it upside down. Who's going to go into that classroom. Who's going to go into that workplace. And you're not going to be weird and you're not going to be wacky and you're not going to be, but you're just going to be extraordinary, ordinary. You're going to be naturally supernatural. And God is going to cause you to make a difference where you are because we are an army of hope. We are the sycamore tree climbers, the upper room finders, boundary line redefiners, encouraging minders, the mountainside fighters. And in Jesus' name, we're going to change the world. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been both challenged and inspired. To stay up to date with everything going on in our church, go to heartchurch.co.uk.